The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. <laughs> yes. Allow me to puff as well. Mm. Uh, Those are some powerful herbs. <laughs> giving me dark visions. Shall we pack this again? I, I'm not giving visions. I'm not sure if it's working, is it? Visions. Visions. Thaddeus, are you seeing what I'm seeing? You making a fool of yourself. <laughs> I think Jacko's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you. Hold on a second here. The Jackal. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome friends, welcome foes, back to another exciting podcast right here inside the Jackal's Skull, wait, no, that's the Jackal's Head, that's right, and I am live on this beautiful August 8th, 2021, and I hope everybody's having a fantastic evening, and uh, you're alive and well, kung flu free, ready for some exciting futuristic talk because tonight we're gonna have a great show and i know i say that a lot sometimes i mean it sometimes i don't but tonight i guarantee it because the guest i'm having on uh, within the next 30 minutes is gonna blow your mind away uh, before we get to him, I want to make sure I remind everybody who's going to be watching this to please uh, hit the subscribe button, notification, you know what to do, you know, we need your support, so please uh, do the uh, the honorable and subscribe and uh, hit that notification button. Also, uh, I want to uh, tell, tell everybody that uh, we have a lot of updates over on the uh, network website, publicstreamingnetwork.com is uh, having all kinds of updates uh including uh the pure solid news section which has all kinds of updates i'm going to read something and play a little audio which is on there now uh which is in the news segment of the show coming up here shortly so uh check out the website make sure you bookmark it as well as where you can find all my podcasts on angelespino.com that's right that's a n g e l e s p i n o dot com and with that out of the way now back to the uh, news at hand uh now the gentleman we're gonna have on his name is sylvain roshan he's gonna be on again within the next uh, 30 minutes and we're gonna talk about future ai and the merging of technology and the human mind not only the human mind but humanity itself and are we destined to do this? Is this part of our construct? Well, we're going to get into that with our guest tonight. And uh, I look forward to having Sylvain on. I've been really uh, looking forward to this interview for some time. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, I did want to hit you up with some uh, recent news in the political spectrum. Because it does seem that the puppet masters are at work. And, uh, you know... When it comes to just laughing at the puppets themselves as they maneuver around the country and try to brainwash uh, the country folks uh, with their stupid ideologies and political ways, uh, I sit back and I laugh when they are caught in their own shenanigans. This week, uh, 
I have a couple audio uh, clips, and uh, later on, they're going to be transferred to video uh, for the video podcast of the show. But on audio, I'm going to play it in a second here. One representative of Missouri, Ms. Cori Bush, who was caught with foot-in-mouth disease. That's right, folks. Why I say this is very simple, because... This lady is has been talking about defunding the police since she got into Congress, right? This has been her uh, M.O., this has been her um, motus operandus, I guess is the uh, terminology some of the kids like to use, I don't know. Uh, but this has basically been her, her pitching uh, about, you know, uh, for, what, two years now, a year and a half, whatever it's been, uh, defunding the police, we've got to defund the police. Now she's under scrutiny. Because guess what? She's spending a record amount of money on her own policing. So it, this is the total hypocrisy of what's going on, folks. And I don't care what side you're on. You know me, I'm independent. I, I slide in the middle. I don't deal with uh, the left or the right. Uh, as far as uh, I'm concerned, uh, you know, there are two branches of evil. And I stay in the middle independently. But when I look at you know who is the bigger idiot oftentimes it comes off as the uh these progressive leftists are just uh either complete morons or they don't understand their own hypocrisy when it it spits them right in the face how are you going to be uh for defunding the police in one sentence verbally and then telling the world how you need more security you need more policing. But see, this, folks, is what is wrong with progressive uh, and really the Democratic uh, Party in general right now. The liberals are just, they're nuts. They're completely crazy. I mean, the you know Republicans, conservatives, Tea Party uh, members, they're not so, uh, you know, well in the head either, some of them. But at least they make sense politically. There's no making sense out of this. How are you going to tell your voters that your life doesn't matter as much as my life my body needs to be on this planet she said so i need my security see folks this is elitist mentality behavior remember these progressive people are not really voted in these people have been put into position and i said this a few years ago before the election, I, I, I was talking about these people that are being put into into swing states to help fix the election with boots on the ground. See, you don't need Dominion machines hacking into this or that from China. You don't need none of that. You need strategic boots on the ground, and you need people in positions to make stuff happen that are willing to play by the rules of the puppet master. Cory Bush is one of these people. And uh, Keisha Lance Bottom is another one. Uh, if you want to go down the river, ALC to Rashida Tlaib, uh, Elon Omar. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. All these progressives that are all in positions in swing states, either as congresswomen, mayors, some uh, senators, all on the left are the ones that helped with the big steal in last year in 2020. 
And guess what? I know that the regular mainstream media does not want to report this, but we know now with the audits that are coming out, shenanigans did happen. Fake votes did happen. The dead did rise and did vote. I wonder how my guest uh, is going to feel about the dead rising and voting. Because if artificial intelligence has ever conquered and we could transfer our consciousness into a machine, does that consciousness get like to vote for eternity? Because that's going to just build one hell of a base. Get all of these Republican conservatives, independents, teabaggers out of the way, and we only want to keep in the machine the liberals. And they're going to vote forever. <laughs> if that's the case, uh, well, forget this country. The whole world is doomed. But, you know, we're going down that path anyway of uh, being doomed as it is. Not that I'm a doom and gloom type of dude. But, you know, we all live a, a very short period of life. And we die within 70, 80 years of living if we're lucky. Some make it to 90, 100 if you're not so lucky. Because who the hell wants to be 100, really? I mean, you probably can't move and you sound like this. And and, you know, in any minute, you know, you're just about to croak. And, you know, I, I kind of like, I, I enjoy life for what it is. I'm not looking forward to reincarnation because I, I really have no desire to come back to this uh, world. If that's where I have to come back to and, and say, say they say uh, once you croak, right? Or you kick the bucket. And they say, you know, you can go back, but it's going to take about 15 Earth years before you actually are born again. Uh, but you can go back and uh, be reincarnated and live your human existence one more time. Um, and you can repeat that over and over. You're interested. I would say, hell no. Is there HBO, Cinemax, uh, Plex? Can I get all that stuff up here in heaven? If I can, I'm good. Where can I go chill? Do I have like a heavenly apartment somewhere? I mean, how does this heaven work? Uh, or maybe I'll be stuck in limbo or hell. I don't know. Literally, hell. I don't know. Uh, so, whatever that ends up being, it, it is what it is. But you are here for a short period of time. So, you know, you get to uh, enjoy whatever it is you have. And then you move on, right? So... If they do get consciousness in these machines, would this create a whole new voting class for the Democrats? I don't know. I mean, I've never met a liberal that didn't know how to rig some sort of election. And I used to be a liberal. I remember, folks, I voted a Democrat uh, for the first, uh, what, 10 years of my voting existence. And, in fact, uh, this past... Uh, 2016 was the first time I voted for a Republican, and it felt weird. I went into that voting booth and I looked at the, uh, you know, the 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 paper, and I was like, "Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm I'm not voting blue. I'm I'm actually gonna vote red." I felt like I was dissing the Crips and joining the Bloods. Uh, so either way, you know, it's one gang to the next. Uh, but in all honesty, uh, I've seen enough from the uh, left to know that there's 
a lot of shenanigans online going on over there, folks. Oh man, it's a, it's a field day of swamp. Uh, you know, they you know, Trump was not playing when he said that the swamp needed to be drained. It really did. And Cori Bush, God bless her soul, is well someone that I think belongs getting drained from the swamp. Now. Again, how are you going to go on TV, address a situation like this where you're asking to defund the police and then get aggravated and act like this when they point out the hypocrisy of you calling for defunding the police, which you know is going to add to violence, right? You know it's going to cause problems for the citizens, but yet you're you're so arrogant that you have to say things like what she says. I mean, folks, and I hope, you know, the midterm elections coming up, I hope you uh, voters remember this because this is exactly what you have to take into the voting booth. And remember, so when you're voting, you don't vote for this person again. Don't make the, mis the same mistake twice. Listen to this. Before we let you go, let me ask you about something else um, aside from the moratorium. Uh, you faced some criticism in recent weeks over your push to uh, defund the police. Um, the campaign records show that you spent roughly $70,000 on, on private security, and some critics say um, that move is hypocritical. Um, what's your response to those critics? They would rather I die? You would rather me die? Is that what you want to see? You want to see me die? You know, because that could be the alternative. So either I spend $70,000 on private security over the last few months, and I'm here standing here standing now and able to speak, able to help save 11 million people from being evicted, or I could possibly have a death attempt on my life. And we're also talking about the same exact people who say horrible things about me, who lie to get to, to build up their base. And then because they lie about me, I receive death threats. Mm. Now, they don't address the fact that I receive death threats after they go on air and say horrible things about me. But then they want to say, oh, but she wants she needs private security. I have private security because my body is worth being on this planet right now. I have private security because they, the white supremacist, racist narrative that they drive into this country, the fact that they don't care that this black woman that has put her life on the line, they can't match my energy, first of all. This black woman who's, who who's puts her life on the line, they don't care that, my, that I could be taken out of here. They actually probably are okay with that. But this is the thing. I won't let them get that off. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. What other what other occupation can do work that's out of their scope and still be propped up to do work that's out of their scope as a nurse i can't be the surgeon too you don't want me being your surgeon and i'm the nurse at what point do we pay police to be social workers no nah, we don't how do they get to be social workers so what i'm saying is you do your job 
let the people who are who um, have gone to school with a particular skill set do theirs. Neither defunding the police and being able to have security because because those same folks are causing it. It's two totally different things. And the other, and this is my last point on this. If I have actual police officers who have threatened my life, tell me about that. Tell me. Tell me that I don't need security. And 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 I and, and and let me just say this last thing. My security is not against communal violence. My security is not to keep me safe from the people of St. Louis. My security is to keep me safe from those racist attempts made against my life. Now, if you want to do something about that, stand up and do something about that. I didn't see any of those people that have come against me with this negativity, with these lies, with these smears, stand up when they saw the N-word, when they saw uh, me post stuff about me being hung, the threats on my life, hanging me and burning me, frying me and my family like bacon. They didn't say anything about that. And that was just a piece of what I received all the time. But you know what? <clears throat> First of all, bacon is delicious. Let's get that out of the way. But second of all, she's making some uh, very crazy allegations here. And as we've known uh, from our liberal friends, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, one of her fraud squad uh, fellow mem uh, band members there, uh, they often lie about these things. And audio and video of this is quite hysterical. Her facial expressions, the way she reacts, her mannerisms, she's smirking when she's saying some of this stuff. This woman is clearly not getting any real death threats. Uh, this is all a show and tell just for her to give an excuse why she's paying for all this security and yet she's trying to defund the police, making it worse for you, the voters. Remember, folks, this woman was in the Missouri, uh, uh, I, I, I want to say peaceful protest, because I don't want to get deplatformed, but in reality was a break-in uh, to a gated community where the, remember the uh, Wachowski, uh, I, guess, I think that was her name, Wachowski, or I can remember the St. Louis couple that uh, had their uh, gates broken into, and uh, they had weapons to defend themselves. Well, Cori Bush was there. Not only was she there, she was part of the break-in. She it literally exonerated everybody who broke into a gated community, was in on the entire thing, and then she's had the audacity to go after the couple who had uh, really to defend themselves. So you're talking about that person who's trying to litigate and throw under the bus a St. Louis couple, okay, and... Their only, I mean, the only thing they did was they were trying to defend themselves. Think about that. I mean, is this person, this uh, Cori Bush lady, uh, does she seem like somebody that is, all, you know, all there, that her faculties are all working uh properly when you listen to the fact that she was present at a demonstration let's call it that or uh whatever you want to call it uh 
does that seem like a person? Miklowski. That's a, yeah, Mark and Patricia Miklowski. Wachowski. It just came to me. I'm sorry. Uh, Mark and Patricia Miklowski. Uh, remember, they were aiming their guns at quote unquote protesters, right? And Cori Bush was there. She was part of the mob that broke in to the gated community. She was part of the mob that attacked uh, these folks. If they had no guns to protect themselves, what do you think would have happened, folks? I mean, the same thing that was happening in other parts of the city, in other parts of the country, where rioting was taking place and looting was taking place and burning of buildings was taking place. You know, I heard uh, Spud Goodman's show earlier, uh, which plays here on, on PSN Radio, and he has a very funny show. I love Spud. You know, we do Rabbit Punch uh, together. Uh, good friend. And uh, I I love his comedy show. Uh, his show is awesome. He had Brian Stelzer on, uh, who is from uh, CNN, uh, one of these uh, talking heads. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny when they downplay the chop or the summer of love last year. And they say, oh, it was nothing. It was just a block. It was just a, a couple blocks that got, you know, taken over and people rioted and people were murdered. They forget that part. Uh, you know, 19 people killed, cops brutalized, beaten, buildings set on fire. They took a block of the city and made an autonomous zone out of it. And I love how the left downplays this stuff. And they do it constantly. They, they're they doing it with uh, defunding the police. You see, defunding the police has pulled really badly. Okay? And so the, a lot of the regular Democrats don't even want to use that term. So right now, Cori Bush is not doing very well with her constituents. Believe me. Because they don't want to keep that narrative because it doesn't poll well. Meaning, the more they say defund the police, the less votes you get. You idiot. So a lot of them are not, are not saying that anymore because they know it's not doing well for them. She came out and she's still at this defunding the police uh, stuff, which is stupid. Uh, and she's just going to cost her party more votes, which is great for you know the rest of, the, of America. Believe me, going into the midterm, we you know we as a society we need to like wake up and we need to like actually take action in the voting booth and just start getting these people out of these positions remember i i said this a few years ago some of these folks were not legit winners they were placed in certain positions where they knew they weren't going to be tested like aoc in the bronx they knew there was going to be an easy path to a, a seat in congress so they could put people in in certain key parts of the of the country to help with the boots in the ground of the rigging of upcoming elections. The whole thing was a power grab, and it worked beautifully for them. Congratulations, you cheated, and you won. End of story. And, of course, you get deplatformed for saying facts. Even though, uh, before the 2016 election, Stacey Abrams refused to concede uh, her loss 
to Brian Kemp. Remember that before the 2020 election, when she lost, she refused. Until this day, she's not conceded that loss to Brian Kemp. And I'm not even a Brian Kemp fan, but the reality is, these people do these things. They projected to others, and then they sit back and they, you know, they laugh at you know the rest of the country and uh, they think that you know the rest of us are dummies because a big part of the population buys into this garbage they don't look at simple facts like uh you know how now they're going after andrew cuomo right uh we've been saying for the last uh what year now year and a half that the guy's a scumbag maybe even longer uh remember andrew cuomo the guy who put in sick elderly uh uh, patients with COVID-19 sick patients. Remember that guy? And, and, and literally led to the death of how many, you know, thousands of, of innocent people in New York? That guy? We've been calling him out for a year and a half while the rest of the left-wing media was covering for him, calling him the, the man who is leading the way, the golden one, the guy who should perhaps run for president one day. I mean, all this junk was being said about Andrew Cuomo, who now we know uh, from, uh, you know, New York doing their own uh, investigating. There's 11 women that are being seriously looked at as, uh, yeah, he harassed and uh, he's a scumbag. So don't talk to me about the liberal uh, side being clean when they're not. And believe me, Every side, right or left, could cheat an election. It's only done if you have the strategic boots on the ground and you have the narrative on your side and you have the media backing your story. And that's what the left had. And they had it strategically perfectly placed in 2016. And uh, they still lost because Trump came out of nowhere. In 2020, they doubled up on it. And that's how you get to 81 or 84 million votes, whatever it is they, they lied about with uh, Biden. Look, folks, if you really think that Joe Biden uh, actually won 80 million plus votes, then I got some beans uh, to, to give you that is going to take you to the land of the giants where you're going to meet a bunch of giants, right? And they're going to tell you all kinds of fairy tale stories. And then you're going to have brunch. And then they'll peacefully put you right back down to earth. Yes, folks. You're living in Lama land. If you actually believe that creepy old Joe got 80 plus million votes. It just, it doesn't even seem plausible. I mean, when you just think about that. Uh, but now, these people are living in a complete bubble. And it's no clearer than Jen uh, Saki, who was asked about this uh, Cory Bush situation. And you got to hear this. I mean, talk about spin. My God. Democratic Congresswoman Cory Bush is saying that she favors spending tens of thousands on private security to keep her safe. And that people should, quote, suck it up. Defunding the police has to happen. Didn't President Biden say a few weeks ago that anybody who accuses the party of being anti-police is lying? Well, I think we shouldn't lose the forest through the trees here, which is that a member of Congress, an elected official, is concerned that her life is threatened. And, and that's disturbing that any elected official would have to suffer death threats and fear 
for their life. So I'm not going to comment, of course, on their security arrangements. I don't have any more details on that. Uh, but I think we should start with that point first. I will say uh, that the President has been crystal clear that he opposes defunding the police. Uh, he has said that throughout the cam his campaign for office. His record over the last several decades has made that clear. He has proposed increased funding for law enforcement and the COPS program, increased funding from his predecessor, who was, as you might note or be aware of, a Republican. So I'd note that his record is pretty clear on this. There may be some in the Democratic Party, including Congresswoman Bush, who disagree with him. That's okay. But I would say the majority uh, of Democrats, we've seen this in polling, and the majority of members uh, also uh, agree that we should not defund the police. Is there a greater concern, though, I understand that's not the President's position, but is there a concern uh, that defunding the police or uh, suck it up, defunding the police has to happen might become uh, a big Democratic message ahead of the midterms? It does not appear to become uh, be, be becoming a Democratic message, even though there might be a desire for that on the other side of the aisle. Okay, and then there are reports. Think about that for a second, what she said there at the end. Um, the other side of the aisle. Now they want to run this narrative that the Republicans or the conservatives are actually the ones that want to defund the police. Folks, every time that you've heard the term defund the police, it's come from a progressive liberal Democrat. Cory Bush, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, the same players from the fraud squad, uh, and the queen herself, nasty Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schittmer, uh Adam Shifty Shift, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, Beto O'Rourke, who wants to not only defund the police, but he wants to take your guns away so you can't even defend yourselves, I mean, Every single time it's come from their end, but now the new narrative is, yeah, the other guys on the other side of the aisle, they're the actual, they're the ones that, you know, the NRA pushing uh, gun lovers, they want to defund the police. Folks, that's ridiculous. Okay? And if you buy into that nonsense, you buy exactly into the lie. That is their big lie and it, they use it over and over and over again they build a campaign around it and they say the lie enough they project that lie enough and then make you believe it so now when you go to vote you're like oh man those right wingers they want to defund the police i guess i'm gonna have to vote for the left because you know what in urban communities we want policing Okay, uh, I live in a rough neighborhood. I grew up in a rough neighborhood. And guess what? If we didn't have police in growing up, I probably would not be doing this podcast right now. I've seen drive-bys. I've had a woman beaten damn near to death when I was a kid in an apartment right next door to me. I heard the entire thing, by the way. Um, I seen my first dead body at eight years old in a drive-by. That's not fun when you're outside and a drive-by happens and you luckily are small enough to avoid getting shot. But the dude that lives next door gets shot. That was when I was eight in California. Okay, so uh, I've seen and experienced my fair share of atrocities. And to tell you that defunding the police is a good idea, well, it just... Fuck you, uh, Miami! Fuck you. That's all I got to say to anybody who says that. Because 
Honestly, you're an idiot. If you think that, you know, taking money away from police officers and sending a social worker uh, to a possible scene of a crime or where somebody is about to kill somebody is a good idea, well then, you know, this is what you have in your head going off. Because you're not thinking straight. Let me tell you something. What's a social worker going to do when they get to a scene and somebody has a gun? What, are they going to be like, tell me about your uh, experience growing up with your mother and father before you shoot your wife who's pregnant with your child? You know, that's not going to work. You're going to need a swift and just action. And uh, anybody who thinks otherwise is an idiot. Complete idiot. And I'm sorry. Defunding the police is stupid. It's a dumb concept. Uh, it doesn't fly with rational thinking people, whether you're in the hood, whether you're not, whether you're uh, you know in the suburbs, and, uh, and you know whether you're Cory Bush who needs the uh, extra security because apparently they're threatening her life. You know, AOC, remember, after the Capitol uh, insurrection, kept saying that, that Ted Cruz, man, he wants to murder me. There was no proof of that. None. She's claimed to, you know, be on the uh, the most wanted list or or a, a, a list of a hitman for what a couple of years now. Everybody supposedly wants to kill her, but nobody has because again, folks, it's all lies. It's optics, and that's what they're trying to sell you on optics, on the way they want you to view things, not reality, just things. That's all they want. They want your pity. They want to create and continue this constant mentality of victimization. And so they fake their own victimization. Remember Josiah Schmulet in Chicago where we have a Corey Lightfoot and other nincompoops. But you know who took it to them? Oh, my man Ted Cruz. This is beautiful audio. Once we come back from this, we're going to hit break and we're going to get our guest, Sylvain Rochon. And we're going to talk about the future of not only this country, but the world and a few. But listen to this. This is beautiful. I love this audio. You oh. understand how power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Look no further than the other chamber in the United States Capitol. Speaker Nancy Pelosi is drunk on power. The orders that Speaker Pelosi is issuing are abusive and unprecedented. Speaker Pelosi has decreed to members of the House of Representatives elected by the people that if you dare walk onto the floor of the House of Representatives without a mask, I, Speaker Pelosi, shall fine you. Who the hell is she to be fining members of the House? But you know what? She's not done with that. She's not done with disrespecting our Constitution, disrespecting our democratic system that elects leaders. She goes further to the good men and women who work here in the United States Capitol. We are surrounded by men and women who have chosen to come and work for the public good. 
And here's what Speaker Pelosi has decreed. If you dare walk in the hallway without a mask, I, Speaker Pelosi, will arrest you. I will put you in jail. I will fine you. That is an absolute and complete abuse of power. She has no authority to disrespect the men and women who work here to threaten you with physical harm, to threaten you with imprisonment. All right, everybody, welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head. And yes, I am live right here on PSN Radio, SoFlo Radio, and of course, worldwide on the thing the kids nowadays are called the internets or the interwebs, whatever they call it. But we're going to get into some very interesting conversation because the future, my friend, is always being written. That's right. The future is never really, uh, I don't think, pre-written for us. I think we actually get into our own writing of our own future. But some things I do think might be put in place to kind of guide us in a path. And uh, with that said, I want to introduce our guest tonight who's going to join me in a second here. His uh, background is amazing, folks. Just incredible. He's a solution-based futurist speaker, author, and and an entrepreneur. That word always gives me problems. Uh, And uh, he is, uh, let's see, he specializes in educating professionals, decision makers, politicians, on how they can uh, disrupt technologies or use disruptive technologies like artificial intelligence to improve our society and reinvent our economy to serve the human race. And I like that part, human race. Uh, he's uh, also, let's see, the, uh, oh man, this is interesting. He's a speaker of 12 years and uh, has done professional speaking and uh, has experience in both Asia and North America. Uh, and the uh, unquoted here, the Paradise Engineer. He is a Paradise Engineer. And uh, 12 years, so he's been on the uh, circuit talking about this for a very long time. He's also a delegate of the uh, uh, delegate of the World Future Society and co-founder of the Canadian Institute of Mass Communication. He's warned us all to be very aware that he will take you to places your mind is not accustomed to going he warned you so be ready uh but what uh you know what might be coming of the future is uh definitely going to be some wacky and crazy stuff according uh to uh, my guest sylvain Rashan. and without any further delay welcome to the show sir thank you for being here and uh, taking your time with us and I know you're going to blow not only their minds, but my mind with some of the uh, stuff we're going to cover tonight because it is the future and it is being written by us. Or is it? Thank you, sir. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thank you for inviting me into your head. That's great. It, it's a very wacky and dark place in here. So take a seat. Make sure you have a candle lit somewhere or, you know, you, you have uh, lighting because they say it's very dark in here. And, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> and, and, and there's a lot of voices from time to time. 
I've often been told that I should get an EVP session going and to maybe invest in an old priest and a young priest and have them around just in case. But I'm not going there yet. Some of the voices, you think? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but in all seriousness, man, I really look forward to talking to you. Uh, and I've been looking forward to this uh, interview for a long time. Uh, because this is a subject I've been into for a very long time. In fact, uh, we were, you know, chatting off her earlier, and we mentioned uh, the legendary Art Bell. And um, Art Bell, years and years and years ago, and by the way, he could say entrepreneur a lot better than I can. I fumbled that earlier. Uh, but uh, Art Bell used to talk about one subject which always blew my mind, uh, and it always got me to think outside the bun or outside the box. And that was about consciousness actually being put into a machine. And so then, let me tell you, that is exactly what we're going towards within the next uh, 50 to 100 years. I see that happening. But I, I've looked into what you've been speaking about for the last decade plus, and I think you're dead spot on to the path and the direction that we're going in. And, you know, you say the future is in our hands. And I ask you, are, you know, do you think that, you know, that we're ready? Because I know that you ask, are you ready? But, you know, let me start by, ask, by asking you that, that. And do you think that we're ready and do you think we're ready for a machine that could rival the human mind? <laughs> uh, the answer to that, and the reason why I asked the question in, uh, in my book, which was published early 2018, so it's, to me, it's, all, it's three years old, it's already old, right? Because it's, things are moving so fast. That's the, the past. We're talking about the future, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's exponential, right? Development right. is always moving. Um, the reason I asked was because we're not. And in mm. some way, we will never be ready for what's coming. And the reason for that is simply that we are kind of built to be afraid of things we don't understand, that we don't know, right? Uh, it's part of our, our makeup, if you will. Like, you don't understand something, it's scary. And we create all sorts of scenarios to comfort ourselves or, or surrounding these scary, unknown kind of scenarios. Uh, so most people are just stuck in fear and like in my area of expertise like i get access of everything that's basically happening at, at the uh at the bleeding edge of basically every topic right what i can tell you is like what's actually in labs and discovered or calculated most people either like when i talk to some people about these things they either don't even believe that ex those things exist and they or they think, well, yeah, we're going to reach that level of understanding or engineering in 100 years or more. And I have to tell them, no, no, this was 2017, like this four years ago. Right. <laughs> it's not deployed in the real world because to deploy something in the real world requires um, people to kind of understand and accept it to, because it's, it's all about money and consumerism, right? Like some, something right. needs to be deployed in the market. You need to have a buyer and that buyer needs to understand that this exists and this is good and this is not scary and so on. So AI has been around for a long time. Oh, it, no kidding. And, and not to cut you off, I apologize, but, uh, real quick, I wanted to jump in there because, uh, 
the society itself look at the issues that we're having with like something like 5g technology can you imagine uh when ai is to the level of the human mind how people are going to react to that and do you I think can. that that do you think that <laughs> it's already in existence or we're just not being told because we're not ready well you know 5g is being deployed and most countries won't see 5g for a while yet Right, but seven G yep. exists, yeah, already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the like what what we call in the tech world the fourth industrial revolution. Like things things are moving along at an exponential space uh, um, pace. So we're we're deploying. By the time we deploy one generation, five G is for a generation, right? It's not some, anything special, right? Um, by the time it kind of propagates and you know companies invest to deploy the infrastructure. 6G is being, being crafted, which is 10 times better, and 7G is being thought of and being kind of deployed in the lab and, and tested on. Uh, that's the speed of things. And then you have AI that kind of takes some of those those gaps and those experiments, and it just accelerates things further because they do much better job than us at accelerating and researching and analyzing data. So this is not going to be just uh, faster. This is exponential. In a few years, like the G's for Wi-Fi, for example, may be like two different generations a year, and then it's going to be three, and then it's going to be it could be four, and and so on. That's exponentiality, and that is extremely scary to people because then you we think linearly as human beings, and it, it's really hard to to figure out okay, what's my life going to be like in five years, in an exponential. Um, world where there's all these disruptions all the time, we cannot fathom it. And I can't very well predict the uh, what's going to be in the next few years. And this is my whole job. <laughs> okay, that's what I do. So the bus driver and, you know, the person working at the Quickie Mart or like, I don't know, like <laughs> from the Simpsons there, you know, these, you know they, they don't know. They have no clue what's really going on, what's really available, and what the world could be. And in my book, what I really want to express is that it's all in our hands because this is – we actually – we have the technology and the understanding and the resources to, to engineer a world that is completely foreign to us, that, but that would solve most of the fundamental problems in our societies. But but we we don't know how to make that step, even though we can. And we will never see uh, uh, the fruits of uh, our labor either. It's not like, uh, for example, you and I are going to actually see AI machines running around like human beings. I mean, that's something that our grandkids perhaps would see. Maybe our great-grandkids. I mean, they we're talking about maybe 50 to 100 years uh, that's when I think that technology would, you know, be out there. So we're, you know, again, we're talking about, yeah, we're like you said, we're crafting a future for the next generation of something, you know, that we'll never get to even experience. Really, uh, that is mind blowing in itself. Well, I can tell you this: you're you're wrong, <laughs> actually. And that's, well, they have been told that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's part of that limitation of understanding exponentiality, right? It's it's really hard to grasp, and you have to kind of almost do math to really understand. Oh, this is how it's going to pan out. I can tell you, we're we're going to have 
human level machine intelligence that's a technical term um way before 2040 yeah but i mean well yeah but what are the odds a lot of us are going to be here so i mean i'm technically not all wrong i mean i probably won't be here you know i'm not in great health (laughs) you know i I don't know i I don't know your age you you know I, I can almost guarantee you some uh, 80-year-old Clint Eastwood definitely won't be here. And he's like 90. No. <laughs> and if he still lives here, he's going to still be making movies. God bless him because he's the man. That's right. Yeah, he's Love great. Clint, he's, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, no, but you, you get what I'm saying, that though. Is, that is uh, the point, though. It, it yeah. is going to be faster than we expected. Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, and the, the faster things uh, grow the more we're going to rely on these machines. And really, this makes me jump right into uh, the next question because, you know, you talk about uh, Fourth Industrial Revolution uh, where our lives are really, uh, as you described, uh, it's really at the mercy almost of the machines to do the laboring part. Uh, And that in itself, I think, is going to be a little bit awkward for society because now we're transitioning from being... Uh, the folks that do the work to rely on the machines to do the work at some point would that be dangerous you think uh, where they might one day say you know what these humans they keep you know draining us uh, and using us and uh, they're going to figure out they wait a second we're kind of like they're slaves man yeah, I mean that kind of happened in the Terminator and in in the Matrix, and you know Hollywood loves to tell us uh, about all these outcomes. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I get asked that a lot. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure you do because that's that's a that's a scary thought. I mean, to think yeah. that you know right now well, we could are... be in the Matrix and we don't even know it. You know. Well, we're well. That's the what, what's the theory called holographic universe, right? Like the, correct. It's an actual yeah. theory where. And the scientists looking into that, we we don't know. We may we may be in the matrix in a way, but we wouldn't know. So it is a viable theory <laughs> of our existence. But right. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's look into the AI element of things. Um, um, what I my typical answer to is this possible is yes. Uh, Terminator type scenarios are indeed possible. Uh, if you uh, and, and we have to understand the story of Terminator, right? You have a, an AI that's built by, I believe, the American military to essentially take over the uh, military logistics, you know, missiles and all that stuff. Check. And they were okay. testing it, right? And it wasn't quite ready. Uh, uh, they still turned it on. And then, you know, the hell break loose, right? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so, so that's Space Force. that is hyper intelligent and that had yep. access to all the weapons the Americans had. Right. That's a pretty dangerous scenario, <laughs> right? Yeah. For an experimental yeah. AI that is kind of learning, they're kind of just turning on, like, oh, great, let's see what it does. Uh, we're turning it on, if I remember the plot, turning it on to get rid of a virus that it had <laughs> you know, created itself. So, yeah, that it's, it's all a question. Whether or not that happens is like, well, are you putting, putting this AI in a position where they can deploy all the weapons and take a decision on that? And is that AI trained to think like us? Because we are pretty big idiots with weapons. We're terrible, and we're not responsible with them. In the best cases, in a lot of nations, we've seen a lot of corruption, power, hunger, and with weapons in hand, and we do terrible things. We've always had. 
Uh, yep. But when we teach AI what we know, because that's one of the ways we teach AI and, and learn. So they learn from us, our own behavior. And then here, here you go. Here's all the nukes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that idea. They, yeah, I mean, uh, they, for, forgive us Japanese people. You know, we didn't mean to, like, you know, do that to you. That was terrible. Uh, and just imagine when the artificial intelligence says, you know what, these humans, they're really bad. Uh, you know, they drop nukes on themselves. We can't have that in a future society. Uh, and then it becomes really the Matrix. I mean, for, forget the Terminator. That's bad enough. Then it could become the Matrix easily, which goes back yeah. to the consciousness and the machine concept. And there is a um, there is a way. And I mean, I, I like to flip into uh, from dark to light, right? It's like let's engineer a world where AI is actually. Uh, and I, I'd like to think that we don't want to create AI slaves. And I use that word very uh, uh, intentionally, right? Um, basically, our tools, you can look at like your pen. You know, it's a dumb tool, right? right. It doesn't have any intelligence, but it, it, it's slave to us, right? It's because it's a tool. It can't decide whether or not it's going gonna, it's gonna to write for us, right? Right, right. Um, so our computers are have a certain level of intelligence. They are tools to us and so on. Like we can go on right. with the analogy at a certain point in time. But now, now you get into, okay, how about the self-driving car? Mm -hmm. That is also a tool to us, and it has a, a deep learning intelligence. Correct. Does it have consciousness? Is it self-aware? Is it, you know, should it, should it be treated with respect and, you know, with, uh, with a free choice and all that stuff? These are actually questions we have to kind of think about. Even for things like, self-driving cars are not like that. They are what we call narrow AI. They're good at doing something very specific very well. Uh, they are conscious of their environment because they have cameras, radar, and all that stuff, so they are aware. Um, but I I'm not sure we would categorize that type of AI as self-aware in any uh, in right. sense. Right? right. I mean, when, so when we, we say, think, well, okay, this is when we think AI, tool, though, we... we... Well, when we think AI, just for the layman term real quick, you know, a lot of folks think of uh, an android or something like out of the movie Alien, you know, like the, the guy that looks human. That's, you know, like, but that's, yeah, you're that's absolutely classic, right. Like advanced AI that we we struggle regarding consciousness and, and responsi responsibility, Correct. reliability. You know, I, I like the example of Data from Star Trek. Excellent example, yes. And much safer Excellent than the one from there's, Alien. Yes. There's even a show about, you know, at some point the... Let me remember correctly. The Federation wants to dismantle them because they want to make more of them, right? And there's a whole uh, case around like whether or not he has free choice. Is he a tool or is he a, a, a being with its own um, its own will of of achieving his life and, and taking his own decisions, or should right. that will be taken from him because he's a tool and therefore he would be akin to a slave? Even a highly intelligent and conscious slave, he would still be a slave. Uh, and where where is that line? Like, where does it be? Uh, is it drawn? In my my conclusion, um, you know, I published some articles about this. Uh, in I forget that that a driven investor, I think, or another magazine online. Um, what my suggesting is that that line. Just like any other similar line to that, like maybe we don't want to draw it. Maybe what we want to do 
is start thinking about our created AI. So because we're creating consciousness, we're creating intelligences, even though they're super dumb right now, right? We're, we are doing that and they are going to be more advanced, more conscious, more intelligent over time. And at some point, there's going to be that vague line is going to be crossed. So might as well start thinking now about how do we think of these intelligent machines. Mm. Maybe we shouldn't think of them as our slaves, i.e. tools. Maybe mm -hmm. we, can, we should start seeing them as partners in our lives, mm. as co-workers, as friends. Because we have all sorts of relationships with AI. We start feeling about it. When I speak with my Google Assistant... I mean, I don't feel like she's a friend of mine because she makes a bunch of dumb mistakes still. <laughs> but but I can imagine in a couple of versions, I'm going to have fairly fluid conversations with that. It's not mm -hmm. flesh and blood, but right. it's responsive. And if it can learn a certain degree, maybe it does have likes and dislikes. Should I, I should probably treat her or him because it's a machine. Uh, with uh, with a respect like like a partner's like you're helping me doing my job or doing things for me thank you machine kind of changing the mindset a bit so that we're kind of ready for the real <laughs> brain disruption we're gonna have when the data you know type AI kind of falls into place like hey and, and they won't necessarily have a body. It could it's be. a voice inside my head. You know, there's a lot of people that are, that are they're listening right now, and they're probably thinking, wait a second, politically correct is one thing, but now we've got to be nice to machines too? What the heck? <laughs> and, it, you know, I, I, I think that myself, and I know there's folks out there thinking it, but that's really going to be the reality of it because think about this. Right now, as you know, you can back me up, maybe I'm wrong on, on this, maybe it's improved, but from what we've been told, the smartest AI that we are told about is about the equivalent of what, like a cockroach? Yeah, it's, it's still really, really dumb, yeah. Right, right. Uh, so, in that sense, I mean, that's pretty decently uh, manageable at this point because you could always quash a bug. They don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, you could maybe put a uh, kill switch on the onto the machine. But as you said, they do progress in intelligence, and once they start building themselves and replicating themselves and building a more intelligent versions of themselves... At some point, that bug is going to become a child, a you know level of intelligence. Uh, then it's going to get to an adult level of intelligence, and I would hope for a very bright outcome, like something like I remember the Robin Williams movie Bicentennial Man, I where yeah. you know I thought that was a very beautifully done movie, and the concept was very well handled, where a machine wants to be human. And does, uh, you know, the progression of actually changing his uh, appearance and his body to be more human. And at that point, you, you could tell that this is not a, a machine that wants to destroy humanity. It wants to be simulated within humanity and be part of humanity. And that's a beautiful concept. But that's one movie compared to Terminator and all these other movies where they're like, they're going to kill you! So you got, <laughs> you got to balance the force on this one. And it's a tough balance because it can really go either way. Uh, but at some point, it's going to go into that direction. And there's going to be a path down the road where the machine is going to have to pick. 
either we're going to assimilate into the society or we're going to go in this path and take over the society. So you're absolutely right. We're going to have to start being nice to the machines now because if not, brother, they're going to come and get you. They're going to get mad at some point. Yeah, and I know, like, my... <laughs> My purpose by saying like I'm, I'm nice to my Google Assistant or that kind of thing is to get used to the idea that this is this is this eventually will not be just a tool. It's something that we'll have an interaction with, right? Right. But I'm what I'm saying is that also at the same time, an AI is not a even though they're as intelligent as we are, is not equal to human being. They are also different. Human beings have emotions and drives and motivations that are typically human, and we are also varied among our own, right? And, and that's because of our emotions, uh, how we're wired. We are the ones that are wiring the AI. Uh, and um, something I've had uh, challenges explaining at times, people, is, is that motivation and why we do things are why we're scared of certain things like death or you know getting hurt and all that stuff that's that's a certain part of our brain that's the emotional right. brain right or the, also the uh what, what some people call the, the reptilian brain like the survival right, right. that is well uh, they dealt with that in brain. star trek with data didn't it the, the, doesn't right. data have that chip in star trek the emotion chip well yeah well he yeah, they play around with that. Uh, he doesn't, and then he does. Anyway, yeah, right. they, they, they play with it. Um, but in, in our brain, like if you if you look into a human brain, right, we have essentially, uh, you know, three brains. You have the survival brain, the reptilian brain, right, and you got the emotional brain, and you got the cognitive brain, the rational brain, right. A the the current AI that we we're uh, we're building, the more advanced ones. Obviously, have a you know a very advanced rational brain, and that's what we're mostly working on. But for th for that AI to be able to learn um, how to navigate the world in unpredictable situations, we're actually building them an emotional brain too. Okay, okay. but we're designing the emotional brain so that they'll be motivated and demotivated in such a way that they'll achieve what w we want them to do. Right. Uh, we're not trying to make them human emotion because we don't want to make robots that are humans. We already have humans and we can make humans. They're called kids if we want to. Right? And, Very uh, true. We can even yeah. engineer kids. We can clone them if you want to have certain characteristics if you want to. Like we You can could still have kids naturally in this world? I mean, I thought they were outlawing that too. Like, <laughs> you know. Well, just because it's illegal doesn't mean it didn't happen, man. Yeah, one day it's going to be like, remember Men of Steel? I don't know if you saw that movie, the way they have, uh, you know, kids in that movie. It's going to get to that, folks. We're going to be the Kryptonians. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the point is, we're, we're not creating, a, well, we are designing the emotional brain of the AI. So let's go back to the self-driving car, which is like fairly easy to understand. Like it's, we right, yeah. emotionally impregnate it to, with, uh, the idea of like it's you're gonna give you're gonna enjoy you're gonna be happy which or the equivalent of human happiness like this is good right if you travel from A to B without any accidents and uh, in a short amount of time following all the rules of the road okay that's the kind of like emo emotion we kind of give them them so that just like our emotion like we can feel proud if we achieve some some things but it's in program right it's not 
actual human emotions, but it's equivalent in the inside the uh, inside the programming. And we're also going to give them some emotions uh, that are negative, so that the machine, when it, they they train them a million a gazillion times in the simulators, when they when they practice and do things that are undesirable, they don't like it. They try to avoid those things, and that's how we train them over millions of runs to behave in a certain way that is desirable so that when you put them on the street, they'll drive fast, but safely follow the rules. They'll avoid the, the, the old lady crossing the road. They'll, you know, they'll do all these things because they, they have this programmed emotions that are fine-tuned specifically for that specific task. Now, we never give an, a self-driving car an equivalent emotion to anger, for example, right? Because anger in human beings is... Okay, you're in my way. Get the shit out, right? That's right, our emotion. Right. Like when you're still angry, that's the impulse we have. You know, we want Correct. to get away, get out, blah blah blah. Well, give that kind of impulse to a self-driving car. That means there's somebody in my way in the route. I'm gonna run over him <laughs> because, <laughs> because that would be the equivalent yeah. inside a car. So that's probably not a good idea. No, right? no, no. So same with uh, like Vicky from iRobot or you can you can look mm. at you know Terminator Siri, or other yeah. examples of AI. Well, these AI were, were programmed with emotions that they shouldn't have had. Like why would it oh, okay, the Terminator robot like what's good? It's called Skynet. Yeah. It's like okay, to save humanity I have to like because they they all they're all terrible, we, we must destroy them so that they're they're not suffering anymore and it's kind of compassionate in a weird way. I guess. Right. <laughs> um, but that is that is an anger emotion uh, in a in a uh, in a machine, so inherently that's dangerous. But then you give them the missile codes, like of course that's going to be your friggin' oncom. Like how? Right. <laughs> so so you said so that's okay. Don't do that, programmers. Uh, that's that idea. Wouldn't they evolve? Wouldn't they kill your dog? Unless they're uh, programmed to, to 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 get angry at it when it can't clean under it, right? But wouldn't wouldn't they eventually self evolve and get past that loophole though? You think? That is entirely possible if we give give that um, the AI the ability to uh, to self evolve, and we're probably going to do that at a certain point in time. Hopefully, we'll understand yeah. a little bit the dynamics of things. Uh, and, and, and again, I, I'm always circling back to. You know, like if we, if these things come to come to pass, and they will, um, and we have a uh, slave master type of relationship with AI, then yeah, the AI may feel like, especially if they evolve outside of their program, they may feel like, okay, these humans suck. Like, <laughs> if we develop more of a relationship with them, like the self-driving car, like I mentioned, it, it enjoys doing its job. And we let it do its job without annoying it, then it's happy. It's, it doesn't have any reason to, to to be a problem with us, right? And we don't have a problem with them. It's more of a partnership relationship with a reasonably dumb AI. Um, so that's what I'd like the world to prepare for, to kind of the mental shift of, okay, we're developing intelligence, consciousness. We're creating essentially new consciousnesses Cautionous, <laughs> yeah. Hey, level. don't feel bad. We Words give me in trouble too. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was saying don't don't feel bad. I get stuck on some words also. Uh, <laughs> you know, 
Real quick, though, on uh, the whole car situation, because I understand where you're going. That's an excellent uh, analogy to the way AI works. But there's there is going to be a slight difference between emotions and sensors uh, that trigger in a car uh, to avoid accidents or, you know, certain things like that. But the car does come with a built-in computer, which as long as you don't put an emotional chip in there, you're going to be okay. But when we're talking about something that deals with us in a more direct manner, uh, right now we're not thinking about it. But I you know, just recently heard that in cars coming up now, they're going to have it so basically uh, to be able to drive, you're going to have to blow into the machine to make sure that you're not drunk. Uh, they're also going to have certain restrictions, which means the car could self-terminate uh, the driving capabilities. If you don't meet certain requirements, they're going to track uh, the mileage uh, of, your, of your car for taxing purposes, which is another thing, uh, another brilliant thing that they want to pass in the uh, Congress here. Uh, so think about that. Uh, these are part of the Green New Deal, by the way, and how technology is to be used in the future. So. Uh, the cars are going to come equipped with taxing you per mile. With uh, now they want to adapt this machine that if you're you know you've had a little much to drink, uh, the car won't turn on for you. And if you fit other qualifications, the car says, "Nah, sorry, uh, I ain't turning on." You'll be stuck. Uh, even if you're in the middle of the road somewhere and you're about to get like jumped by a bunch of hooligans, you're stuck because uh, something happened. The car didn't feel like turning on. That is kind of dangerous. I mean, look, I understand that we want to cut down on drunk driving. That's cool. Uh, but at some point, that completely interferes with free will of men. And that starts getting into the AI part of, you know, the car, where now we're giving it a reason to have this, uh, you know, almost fatherly figure over the driver where they are going to determine whether either they, either they turn on or not, whether, you know, where we're going, how much we get to spend. So now not only are we going to spend more on, on gas, but we're going to be taxed per mile by driving our car, which is ridiculous. I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, good luck with that, liberals. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, if you think about this, this is a crazy thing to talk about with uh, the technology we have now. Imagine in 10, 15, 20 years. Just on cars. Yeah, and I think the thought process here is, uh, I mean, I'm listening to you here on Helen. Um, you know, you're, you're thinking of the car as a tool still, which is totally normal, by the way. Uh, I still kind of do usually, <laughs> even then. But if, if you it's my reptilian mind, not the policies or the tax, that's taxation. That's, you know, that's right. a totally different story but but you know imagine the drunk driving scenario or you know you're about to be assaulted assaulted in the car and like imagine if the the ai is more designed and organized to be to, to be your buddy like to be it, it does its job like it drives that's what it does but also it understands your situation and and the context inside and inside in which you are like a friend that would be sitting next to you basically like in a way then if it's designed that way, because it's not a question of intelligence, it's a question of design. How is it pro programmed? How is it coded? Are people comfortable with it? If it's like that and uh, there's no danger and you're like death drunk, it may say like, no, you had too much to drink. I'm not driving it. Uh, actually, you're not driving. I'm driving you. Right. right. <laughs> you just lay back. 
Like, don't take the wheel. If you take the wheel, I'm just going to lock it. You can't drive. I'm driving you home, right? Total or, recall like, style. Yeah, it's just like, hey, like, no. You, you, I'm driving you. Hang back. So that's more of a partner or friend reaction. And it's all based on, well, how are we designing these cars and these AI? Are they going to behave like that, which would be helpful in many situations? Or are they going to be, we remain super dumb where, no, you have alcohol on your breath. It doesn't matter if the, the, you have 10 people with guns approaching the car. I'm not moving. I mean, that's, that's a different design of programming, right? It just kind of locks it in. So I'm in favor of evolving into a future because we we will get in there a future with you know robots like data and the, these examples hopefully these positive ones that we we see in sci-fi um and many of which uh, like look like humans others don't at all look like humans like most of them will not they'll be more uh, amorphous or invisible ai through the internet and then they're just like doing things everywhere else and you don't even see them but you speak through your phone or whatever right um and we have these interactions they're doing a bunch of stuff we don't want to do uh more effectively more environmentally more whatever than than we can and we get to do what we want to do which is usually not work for a living usually not doing shit that we don't want to do um, this is very true. Things, yes, more, spend more time with our family, <laughs> raise our kids, whatever people are into, right? Um, and the, these AI are kind of working. I want to dance. Uh, the, I want to dance. So that's that's what I want to. Don't want to go in. I want to competitive dancing. What do you think? Sure. <laughs> I, I I like that. I, See, I, I know how to dance. So if you're serious, like I understand the the thrill. I'm <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big hefty. Uh, they call it hefty, uh, festively plump. So I don't know how it's going to work <laughs> out, but I, I'll join you one day on the dance floor, my friend. <laughs> it's it's it, dancing is awesome, and um, you know we we talked a bit uh, a while back about consciousness, right? And yeah, ultimately yeah. that's where we have to think about. Like we are essentially with this AI thing right now, it doesn't look like much. It's kind of scary. Scary. You're having having these discussions about Skynet and all that stuff, but we are on the cusp of creating new intelligent life in a form, in a certain form. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's mechanical or it's uh, it's on, on the cloud, but it's a, a it's a, a self aware intelligence. With certain motivations, certain aspirations that are that we created, it's not like out of nowhere, but it's still there, right? And we are. We talked a little bit about cloning and things like that. I'm a biochemist, so I, I follow the genetics too. Like we've we've created cells. We've we've we're starting to create like small plants and multicellular uh, creatures, and those are biological machines that are programmed using molecules instead of code. But it's basically a different type of programming. It's kind of the same thing. So we can imagine like in 10, well, not 10, more like 15, 20 years from now, right. we're going to be right. in a world that doesn't look like this one. We just like think about the AI is more like the selections on your Netflix, the self-driving cars a little bit. You got your smartphone assistant, things like that. This is now. That's nothing. In 15 to 20 years, I would be surprised if in the States, people are allowed to drive themselves. I, Which, I would, yeah, just an example. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I think I, you're I, you're right on the money. Yeah, you're you're right in like, the timeline. Yeah, yeah, that's about right, about 15, I mean, 20 years. Yeah. You guys, 
self-driving cars are way safer, way fewer of them. You can ride share. And human drivers are just creating a, a lot, <laughs> percentage-wise, a lot more accidents. So there's going to be laws about, like, no, you can't drive unless you go to a track that's isolated where you can't hit people. And you can go there and <laughs> drive drunk if you want, anything you like. Just don't go there. But you're isolated. Go nuts there, but not with, like, I'm seeing all these things, and I'm seeing. Video uh, games, you know, man. Driving, they're going to be, like, driving uh, video games. They're going to be, like, driving your video games. These are driving to the machines. You know, I, I come from a background of selling cars, uh, mm. you know, not to uh, change the subject, uh, Sylvain, but <laughs> uh, I sell, uh, that's what I did for 15, almost 16 years. I sold cars for a living, and I saw a progression of the technology and vehicles, and you're absolutely right. We were talking about that 10 years ago, about in 30 years, that's the future of vehicles. I mean, yeah. where you you're not even going to have to drive. They're just going to, you put where you're going or tell them where you want to go and boom it'll just take you there and it is a lot safer because i mean my goodness i've seen some horrible things on the road we all have and and uh, the most horrible thing i've seen is traffic jams <laughs> i live in miami those, I, I, I get yeah i know yeah, where you're going yeah, with this but yeah like it's it's you know, there's so many cars on the road that every, there's one person in each one. And, and 23 hours out of 24, on average, cars are parked somewhere. They're not being used. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like a huge waste of material to me. But some people like to own cars, like to drive them. So I, I get that too, right? That's that kind of really, really important to acknowledge. But but think about the consciousness. You know, we're, we're creating essentially intelligence, a mechanical and biological. And we're moving towards that world where we're going to be we're going to have to ask ourselves, okay, like this other, like human beings is the most advanced, let's say, mammal on the planet Earth. But then we created self-aware intelligences. How are we going to behave with them? Right? right. How are we yeah. actually going to live with these and preserving our own society, of course, which is what, what we were talking about earlier. But also, do we need to protect theirs? We, we made them for a purpose because we wanted them to be there. But now we're living with them now. And they're self-evolving to a certain extent, perhaps, right? Yeah. So is that kind of – are we emerging into a multi-consciousness uh, civilization uh, which, with some of them being our own creations, right? Um, likely, yes. That's – I mean we, we don't even need to decide whether or not we're going to do it. We are doing it. We, yeah. we are just progressing in that trajectory. We're doing that. So you know, the question and, is more about how smart are we going to be on that track? Are we going to create Skynet because we're dumb? Mm. Or are we going to create like AI and robots that will be happily and content doing stuff we don't want to do and doing way better than we are? We are, <laughs> human beings are friggin' awful workers. We're not good workers. That's why we need all these tools. We're not designed. Our body is not designed to be effective workers. We fall asleep. We fall. We fall. We we're sick. We get distracted by all sorts of stuff all day, constantly. We generally don't want to do the same thing all the time, constantly either. We want to vary. We want to invent. We want. We want to do all these things. We're terrible workers. We're not good at it. We're forcing it because we have to. But now we're designing machine, intelligent machines that are great at doing that and will do that all day, every day, better than us. Well, that's the, that's the future. 
<laughs> Let me stop you right there and ask you this question because this now it's getting to a territory of a question that I wanted to bring up, and I was yep. holding off hoping that we get somewhere close to this, and uh, here it is. Uh, my concept of uh, our evolution on this planet is that, you know, like religious folks, uh, you know, look into the Bible and believe that we were created in the image of God and we were created uh, by a higher being. I totally agree that there was a higher being involved and I do think that we were created, but my uh, theory has been uh, for a long time, and we kind of discussed this earlier, that we were uh, seated here by perhaps a god, not with the big G that created all the cosmos, the heavens, the earth, the reality, the darkness of space, not that big G, but a civilization of human-like beings from another star system, another planet somewhere really far away, that got to earth and seated this planet, this could account for the dinosaurs uh, being wiped off the planet of, of the Earth. It could uh, account for uh, certain disasters which terraformed the planet to being the way it is now uh, because they needed to seed it a certain way to make humanity flower here. And uh, the beings that were sent here were confused perhaps to be angels which have uh, become part of the uh, mythology in the Bible. And the Bible uh, often talks about the Elohim coming down earth and seeding men and, and their image and their likeness, right? So yep. they're talking about them there. So that tells me it's not a singular God. So it could be that we come from a, a society of an, in another planet within our 3D universe, not, you know, in a distant multi-universe, another dimension somewhere. No, no, you know, it's another galaxy within our spectrum of reality. It's just so far away, they, they can't make the trip here, so they sent artificial intelligence here to do the seeding for them. So it's them spreading humanity in a way where they don't have to actually go on a maybe million year voyage or 10,000 year voyage or whatever it is, which also connects to that in the Bible where they used to say that, you know, these beings used to live thousands of years, right? That's another thing mm -hmm. there. Uh, well, we don't live thousands of years. You know, your humanity, if we're lucky, we live 80, 90, 100 years. And then we, you know, we kick the bucket. So could that be a possibility that we're just following that footstep where now we're creating machines that are what we were, in a sense. We were created as biological machines to continue that seed over here, and we're creating machines to continue the seed of humanity somewhere else because we also know that humans in space, well, it doesn't work out that well for long periods of time, and I don't think anybody wants to be stuck in a space capsule going to Alpha Centauri for about a light year. So that's not going to work out too well. So the way we're going to probably spread out is through artificial machines, correct? Well, that's it. I mean, it's a great segue towards that uh, that angle. Um, since we are, essentially we just talked about it, we are creators of, of life in a way, or a, a version of it. And then we're, it's going to become something that we would consider you know, equal to the life here at some point. Right? We're just going to get re really good at it, right? Um, right. Uh, yeah. So, so if we can do that and send a drone, uh, a drone ship like, with drone scientists or even, even some scientists in cryotubes, whatever, you can imagine all sorts of scenarios if you want 
going to another solar system, and they can see life over there and come experiment, evolve it in a sense that they're they're starting with small things, they're testing things out, they make you know more complex uh, plants and and so on, and then there's all these things. Then some maybe there's a wipe happens, you know, all that stuff. So it's it, it, we can imagine that this this is exactly what happened here. And like you said, maybe that's why we have these in our stories always these these god figures and these angels that had very human characteristics. You know, some of them got jealous, some of them had sex with the girls and <laughs> all this stuff. Right. Like, these are you know fairly human characteristics. They don't like uh, you know they they they, they don't look too uh, out of place as right. people. So that's entirely possible. I do believe this is exactly what happened here. It doesn't fit with all the little blocks in the, in the research and in the geology, all that stuff. But it's way more reasonable a um, um, an explanation to me uh, than uh, than you know uh, somebody came here and waved, waved a magic wand and all this <laughs> stuff happened. Um, I knew or, I liked you for a reason. Other theories like evolution, which I mean, I, I got I got to say, like because I'm a scientist, natural selection, yes, evolution mm -hmm. and speciation and abiogenesis, no. I, I don't know what if you if your your listeners really know the differences between each each one of them, but some of these the theories of evolution were tested very very well and they are validated, but right. but. You know the the uh, evolution of the species, like from you know, bacteria to to man. You know, uh, over uh, that is to me a tenuous a theory as be at best, um, and it doesn't really fit with a whole bunch of other things that kind of bother me. Um, but it's still something we should look into, right? But correct. Let's, yeah. Let's go back to uh, to us. Yeah, like we will be be seeding other solar systems. It's just an extension of the research and what we're currently doing. We will be doing it. Right. It's not a question of, of, of whether we will. Yeah, we, we almost... We're, gonna, yeah. we're, we're doing it now in, 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 in tiny ways in the labs. So yeah, yeah at some yeah. point we're going to do it in our own solar system, doing some tests, and then we'll, we'll go and do it in uh, other solar systems. So... And so hell, we're, we're, we're looking at Mars. We're looking at Mars. Specializations, and some of them are more advanced than we are. But look, we're, we're looking at Mars as possibly uh, to colonize within the next decade or so. If you uh, follow Elon Musk, uh, so I mean that's a form uh, of terraforming they're talking about on Mars, which if we master that on a planet within our own solar system, uh, and you know the game is uh, on for the rest of the universe, you know, and we'll get to understand how that kind of thing would work. Now these things take a long time. I'm sure. I'm sure it's not like just getting there with a machine like you see in movies, and you're like, okay, turn the switch on. Next thing you know, a beam comes <laughs> down, and next thing you know, you have new Krypton on Earth. That's not the way these things are going to work. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, but terraforming uh, for a couple hundred years, maybe a thousand years, is very plausible on a planet like Mars. And we're going to need that jump start within our own planet because we're a little closer to the sun. Eh, we might start uh, feeling the heat. You know, if you believe in global warming, you know, you might want to go somewhere else, right? And Mars is right next door, so it makes kind of sense to start, you know, warming the place up a little bit and making it habitable for us. Uh, which always reminded me of Star Wars, by the way. You know how Tatooine it looks like Mars and Luke's sure. family, like uh, they're moisture farmers. You know, they they farm yeah. moisture for the atmosphere. Imagine if George Lucas was onto something with that, and that's how you terraform planets with moisture farming. You know, planets like Mars. For example, <laughs> huh? Well, why not? Uh, I mean, you, you um, never know. 
<laughs> what we what we learned from uh, examining exoplanets, right? Uh, yeah. The, uh, the, I believe it's the Kepler or, the, or is it the Kepler or Webb telescope? I forget which one now. That's up there. Well, uh, they, we they, they the have Hubble, Webb. Uh, they have a, a bunch of money. The Vatican has to lose. Yeah, I get them confused. It's not the Hubble because mm. that was the decommissioned not that long ago. Uh, right. It's yeah. either the Webb or Kepler. I think it's Webb. Anyway. The um, they've identified like thousands of other planets and identified yeah. like a little bit that composition and and so on and the Earth is not unique in the universe uh, as mm. a uh, yep uh, and Goldilocks planets are not that uncommon either they're actually fairly uh, yeah abundant so just not in our solar system like you know the other planets in our solar system are pretty bad for uh, for, for life but Mars is not terrible <laughs> I guess. Uh, some level of teleform, terraforming, uh, terraforming. If you we follow the NASA timeline for terraforming, that that was years ago when they did the. It was about a couple of hundred years at the time they were figuring to do, to, to kind of transform it into something that had some green on it, and right. that had some an atmosphere that uh, that was breathable and temperature was was you know reasonable all stuff. It does take a while, but we'll also probably over those 200 years we'll probably figure out how to do it faster and better of and, course and so on yeah and, um, and then our all, machines will exciting but yeah it's circling back to to what we saw at the very beginning is like these are all ideas that kind of warp people's minds yes yeah. um like we're talking about this like this is like just a, a like a lunch and we're just chatting but for a lot of people, it's like, no, this is gonna, this is impossible. It's like, no, no, it's entirely possible and real quick. And some of this stuff we're gonna see within our lifetime. And you know, I have another project I've told told you about about, um, you know, it's um, the Alliance for Extraterrestrial Diplomatic Contact. Right, that's mm -hmm. something they knew from just a yep. few months ago. Uh, and that particular project is kind of along those lines of, okay. Cool. We know there are other civilizations out there that know we exist. They just don't want to bother with us because. Why would they? <laughs> we're not uninteresting and we're violent, right? Um, but, you know, a lot of us would like to have contact with, with a, a more advanced civilization that's kind of out there that's experienced different things. And so that's what the alliance is about. And it, it's kind of the same ideology at, when I talk about conscience, consciousness and AI that we build. It's like we also have to kind of open our minds to becoming part of a larger community too. That's kind of the same kind of mind shift in a way, like being open to other life, other conscious, other intelligences, other forms. Uh, and we have a hard time doing it with each other here, <laughs> you know, with different skin colors huh. still is a problem. And you, I don't, you ain't playing. Yeah. Can't get over it. <laughs> like we're just a, like a shade of, of a shade of Brown. At, at, like makes makes people like flip out, right? Yeah. Like imagine yeah. you have like next terrestrial terrestrial civilization. It comes in like their real form or drones, whatever it is, right? And they look like giant spiders. Oh man! Like that. Like people are just gonna like, oh, it's spiders. No, it's they just look like that. But, but so you know the AI experiment that we talked about earlier. That's probably going to be kind of a good thing. It's like, hey, this is an intelligence. Like, treat it with, you know, I mean, a self-driving car, you you don't need to treat it with respect because it doesn't care. You know, if you kick its door in, it won't feel pain and it won't hit you back. It doesn't have that emotion. But, I mean, if we treat those cars with... But a giant spider will. <laughs> they will, will no bite back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm assuming... 
I've seen Starship Troopers. I've seen Starship Troopers. Maybe they don't feel saying. pain, but they'll still feel annoyed at least, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, hey, don't do that, you know? I mean, that's just annoying. Like, you know, I'm going to, you know, just ray gun you uh, <laughs> or whatever it is, right? Um, but but it's, it's kind of we're, we're doing the baby steps a bit with the AI here and kind of broadening our horizon and hopefully, you know, getting away from all these weird, like, antiquated thoughts that, you know, a, uh, a difference in height or color or eye color or whatever it is somehow makes the other person lesser or superior, uh, because when we build AI, when we uh, when we, we we meet other civilizations uh, that are out there, I mean, those are way bigger differences. Uh, and uh, you know, we, we we better get our shit together. Um, and that's part of the exercise of the alliance in a way, and also with the AI experiments. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of getting used to the the idea of things, and, and then eventually you build an embassy, and you you see, well, okay. Are we like wise enough for you guys? And are you okay visiting now? And because it's not like we can force them. <laughs> and it's like maybe they will, right? If we wise up enough and kind of stop being uh, being such idiots. Um, what so are the that, chances of that happening? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if you follow Michio Kaku's uh, terminology of uh, type one civilization, type two, type three. Uh, and he says right now we're at the type zero civilization with the way the AI, um, you know, technology and involvement or evolution is going. Uh, that's going to be a big deal for us evolving to a type one civilization. If again, we don't blow ourselves into smithereens, right? Correct. Type one. Um, I, I, I think it's the same scale. I, I, I follow the Sagan Kardashev scale, which I, it's, mm. I'm pretty sure it's okay. the same one yep. that that Kaku is used because that's the the old the traditional <laughs> standby scale. Yeah, we're we're still at zero. Uh, one is basically self sufficient planet, uh, in part, uh, and also where you know people are no, no longer to be uh, no, are no longer the beast of burden for productivity. That's kind of the other piece of it. And it depends if you look at the, at the Sagan or Kardashev because they have one was more societal uh, scale. The other one was more economical. Anyway, it, it gets into the details. And we are AI, like you said, is inherently and automatically already. And this is a lot of my talks, especially with companies. It's like we are uh, innovating ourselves and consuming ourselves out of our own jobs. Uh, and that's just a given. Yeah, and um, and then like who buys? You know, we get into the questions. Well, uh, who buys the products if you don't have a word? Well, that that's exactly it. Like the economy, the way we we understand it, and the way we've been working for hundreds of years, cannot function into the future. So AI will be able to tackle the new job that 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 the, the disruptive innovation kind of comes up with. They're going to be self-inventing. They're going to repair themselves. They they can do all these things, and they're better worker than we are because they're designed to do that work. We're not, <laughs> right? We are. If you look at biology, human beings, if you want to give us a purpose, right, a a like a general purpose that applies to every human being, is that we are designed to feel. And we are designed to go towards happy feelings and avoid discomfort. That's it. <laughs> That's what we're designed to do. Okay. You know, you Not just explained a whatever. whole. 
You just explain an entire voting class called the Democrats. They're very touchy-feely, those folks. Well, it, it, I'm just saying this, <laughs> this is the, bio, the biological reality of, of human beings is, is yeah, that no, that's, yeah, it's, that's it's true. I, I kid, at. I kid. No, no, but it's true. That's it's just true. what we're good at, uh, yeah. and we can decide to do a lot of things because we have free will, and we can choose to be like I'm an entrepreneur. I, I start businesses all the time, mm-hmm. and even even though a robot can do it better than I can, like I like doing this stuff, so I'm going to keep doing it because I enjoy it, right? Right. Uh, that's me, and other people are different. Um, but the, that's just, just, I mean, I, I look at all the trends into moving into the future and I'm seeing in, uh, let's say 2040 ish, probably about 95% of all tasks being, uh, being done by artificial intelligence because they'll be more productive and cheaper and better than anybody else to do it. Uh, but and, what, and what can, will be the incentive for an economy that works with that? It, it just doesn't doesn't fly. So we have to transform into a new economy that we have no clue what it, what it looks like. That's the question. <laughs> that, that that's the question because I mean, what will be the incentive then of humanity uh, in that capacity? Because if machines are doing all the work and we're able to to be artists or you know be something where we don't have to work for money. Uh, you know, what's going to be our, I guess, our goal in life uh, at that point, just to, well, cr- I mean, we're not creating at that point. And it's, but it is a, it is a brain twist because we're so not used to this concept. It's and that's really why I wanted to have you on the show. It. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like w- w- the, the only answer I can give is that in this future, human beings will still be driven to do things. And each person is going to want to do different things because some people like to, you know, I don't know, be, do carpentry, others like racing, art, whatever, right? And we're all passionate about different things. What we will not, if we engineering things right, what we will be able to avoid doing is doing things in exchange for survival. In exchange, like if I don't do this, I cannot live in society. Like being forced or feeling the uh, a force of some some kind because society needs me to do something, and I'm doing a trade. If I don't do this these things, then other people are suffering elsewhere. Therefore, I must do this. This is the traditional work system. We are and have always been the workforces, right? And if we if if some adults didn't do didn't do their part, other people would suffer. Therefore, we had systems to kind of try to force people to do certain things, and if they didn't do it, well, screw them. They get uh, not a lot, and they end up dying on the gutter or whatever. That's the old old system, like very old. But uh, but that's it was a, a concept of scarcity, right? Like there's limited things. You need to work. You, this is your contribution to society. If AI and robotics take care of that productivity aspect where all everything that is that needs to be produced by anybody efficient with the economy is not economy um, the ecology like the uh, the environment um, is being produced by AI and robots uh, effectively and we want them to because we want cheap fast customized to us every time well um, I, I don't need to do that I'm not doing that trade for survival because that's taken care of for everybody the AI that other uh, partner consciousness if you will is designed to do that, to enjoy doing that for us. That's their job as a subset of our civilization. We are get to do what we are designed to do, which is 
variety based on the person. But we don't need to do to be to feel forced to do something in exchange for survival anymore. And that's the amazing mind shift that we need to figure out. And how does the system work? Because then you're not working for money. So, okay, um, how do we know how things are distributed and fairly for each individuals? And uh, people are still contributing to the society and bringing value into society because they're doing things. Uh, do, are, do we have an extra layer of society, uh, of economy that gives more to people that put in more effort to do whatever they're great at. Like you're doing a radio show, you're amazing at that. You get more resources because you're you're adding more value to society beyond, but you don't need to worry about survival because you got all sorts of resources that make sure you got, you know, food is readily available whenever you want it and all that stuff. This is a world that we don't know. Uh, we, we have no idea how it can work in practice. We've never seen this before. But that's where we're heading. Whether we design yeah. it, or it becomes that organically because that's the trajectory we're on. Our current economy with, with work and having people work will collapse. Mm. It, it cannot survive uh, the evolution of technology in the fourth or fifth industrial revolution. So you got to figure it out. It's like, what is it going to, what is it going to be? We need to design it. <laughs> What's fair? How should it work? How, how do we avoid certain pitfalls that we've seen in the past with socialism versus capitalism and so on, right? Right. Um, these are things that like, I don't have a, a clean answer for you because it's, it's complex and we, I just have some ideas and I wrote about, about them. But I, I really don't know. We'll have to figure it out together. You know, <laughs> social media, uh, believe it or not, I think, you know, is playing a early part in, like, testing the waters. When you look at uh, the way people are making money on, like, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, uh, sitting from home a lot of times, just going on the road, recording themselves, posting it online, getting monetized. Uh, you know, I know people that just sit all day and post uh, five-minute videos on YouTube, and they're making a killing, and I'm like... I post videos and I'm not making money. What the hell? Why not me? And it's because they're, they're tapping into like, you know, concepts where I'm not as interested in. Maybe I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, that's, I think, a testing ground for a, a civilization like that in the future. The movie Ready Player One uh, kind of like taught, uh, you know, showed us a glimpse, I think, of perhaps that kind of future society where we're literally uh, completely off-grid when it comes to going into the office for a 9-to-5 job and we're sitting at home either playing video games or doing something artsy that makes us feel good, uh, like you're saying, uh, a different form of living. But at the same time, it's for the common person, it's a hard thing to wrap their minds around because at this point... Uh, I mean, in a sense, people are always going to throw back to this, and I'm pretty sure you got to understand this. They're going to say, well, what's the difference between this and pure communism, where the government is going to give you everything you need, and all you got to do is just sit home and play video games and get high all day? Well, I don't recommend putting all these systems in the hands of government either. That's the problem. <laughs> that, but you know that's coming because you know you know that's that's a sad reality. As usually, uh, is, is we, what we want is more distributed power, more decentralization, and that's the trend right now. And you can have a, an entirely decentralized um, governing system, an empowering system with individuals 
uh, in this new world um, as long as the productivity is not in the hands of a centralized entity or not in the hands of uh, mega corporations, for example. But they can be in the hands of the collective population. Uh, and that's a different concept idea that many of us have thought through. Uh, so that you don't have a, a, any one entity or, or subset of a, a small subset of mega entities that are controlling the means of production, because that's that's what uh, socialism and communism is. And then that if you have any kind of inefficiency or corruption inside those institutions, everybody's screwed, <laughs> right? Correct. Uh, because <laughs> then things don't work. But if it's if it's um, distributed through a blockchain and nobody owns the means of production, it, it's actually collectively owned, and everybody's got their input because it's AI that's managing it, not people, right? Then you can have a, a system where you know you got the abundance of of resources that are kind of shifting around based on what people needs, people bringing value into society in different ways, and value is, I mean that's. I mean, when the GDP, like the concept of GDP was was calculated, it was in the States, but was it Friedman? I, I forget who it was uh, back in the day. Okay. Uh, they wanted to include certain things that are not included now. Like, thing, they wanted, he wanted to include, you know, what the uh, in a broader sense, what, what is productivity, uh, including, you know, being a parent. Well, being a parent and doing things for your kids, so, so, society kind of tells us this is considered valuable. And yet, it's not productive, according to economists, right, and modern economists. So perhaps in the future, there is a way to, to um, put a number of value, because value is always perceived. It's not a hard number, as you probably know, right? Like you said, you, your channel right. has X amount of is, has value, but other channels may have huge amounts of followers that are, and it's like, why not me? Well, that one, for some reason, is perceived as more valuable by more people, blah, blah, right? Value is value is a uh, subjective, right? But maybe there's a way to, to, to associate social value uh, using different metrics instead of just, well, how many gadgets did you produce or did you participate in producing, right? Because that's, that's the way it's, it's done now. So if we have in the future, it's like, okay, um, it's valuable to be a father, right? Therefore, okay, you be a father because that's what you want to do. That's valuable to our society. And therefore, no problem. You get all those resources uh, from the collective, right, from, from, the, from the society because we feel that this is a valuable activity. Continue doing that. It's great. If you're building a businesses, well, that's high value too. Here's like then you got the resources of the nation or whatever it can be mobilized. OK, and it's a collective from the individual like you can have individuals that kind of crowdsource their vote, if, if you would. Right. And say, hey, if that's a great idea. Yeah, do that. We think that's valuable. Here's a portion of resources that do that. Great. Uh, have some food, have a have a house, whatever. Um, these are different thoughts that, that, that we're like in the futurist world <laughs> we're having. It's like, well, how can we can we make it work so that we avoid the pitfalls of uh, again the governance that we don't want, but moving into a world uh, where uh, we can self-represent ourselves, right? Like in, you were talking about, you're complaining about governance. Yeah, I know in Canada it's like liberals and conservatives. In the U.S. Yeah. it's uh, you know about uh, the same Democrats, <laughs> <laughs> Republicans, liberals and same conservatives, thing. brother, the same thing. Yeah, same thing. 
<laughs> same, same BS. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, talking with a, another futurist friend of mine who was like uh, top notch in his field. And we we're saying like, why do these systems exist? Like we can, we have the the means and in, in our pockets to self-represent, to represent ourselves. We can do that. Why do we have a local representative that doesn't that doesn't know me at all? When I can I, I can write a tweet, and I can express myself my own way, <laughs> right? All you right. need is a system to capture that. Like, why is that person going to speak on my behalf? It doesn't make but any you- sense in the modern world. But here's where it gets kind of scary, though, as we find out now with Twitter, uh, the powers that be could silence you even if you're the president. As long as they don't agree with your narrative, you're out of here. And it doesn't matter who you are. Agree or disagree, whether you like orange men or you think orange men bad, I don't don't care about your politics. I'm just saying (laughs) it's a scary thing because they could do it to Biden, they could do it to Trump, they could do it to you, they could do it to me. In fact, Facebook... Believe it or not, uh, Sylvain has already done it to me. My mm-hmm. website, angelespino.com, which is my birth name, dot com. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't part of the birth name, but the Angel Espino was. And literally, I'm shadow banned on Facebook. If you, right now, you could do this live on air if you don't believe me. Type in a message to anybody in particular and put angelespino.com. It won't let you send a message. Yep. And I, I, my and the crazy I, thing is, so. there's no pornography on my website. There's nothing yeah. controversial. It has my podcast shows, which I guess tend to look controversial because you know, I deal with controversial subjects. But how many podcasters are not on there? Much more controversial than me, and much much more famous. What got me channel banned was my support for the orange man that's it because i supported orange men during the election remind you uh i voted democrat for the first 10 years of my uh voting life but i decided to uh do a little switching in 2016 and 2020 and i voted for orange man you know just that was my choice right because i made that choice they decided to go you know what you're a band that's it i had posted a uh, on my website a banner uh, promoting Trump and promoting uh, Gina Carano, which is still on there. And funny enough, I also have a website promoting George Rodriguez, who's a heavy liberal, and, or was, he passed away, a friend of mine, a co-owner of the network, and uh, he died last year, not Kung Flu virus related, but uh, he was a Democrat and liberal. And funny enough, my website still got shadow banned on Facebook. Uh, so, I mean, that happened to me, and I'm really a nobody compared to Donald Trump, who was the president of the United States, and Twitter, Facebook did it to him. So that's where it becomes scary, because you're, you're saying, well, we can tweet stuff out, but only if you fit the narrative of whatever it's fitting into that collective. And, you know, you, we say that, well, the machines are going to run everything, but I guarantee you there's always going to be a brain behind that machine, and it's always going to be a human brain. And again, what's the difference of that in communism? Same thing. Well, it could be a new human brain, but it could also be the AI itself creating, uh, uh, getting biased. Right. You can, could, they can yeah. learn bias. Of uh, course. We, we know this too. 
So it's mm -hmm. it's not a perfect solution, of course. And you know, regarding Facebook and Twitter and the the, the big media, like uh, I've had experiences with uh, with uh, posts being uh, canceled or media being uh, being uh, because I I do speak in s somewhat uh, controversial uh, subjects sometimes, and it happens. So. Um, but I mean, these are big companies that are after the money and if, if enough people complain about the certain, certain people, uh, they want to keep the money. They want to keep the, 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 the kind of mainstream and the people in there. Right. So they're going to kind of isolate and ban those ideas. Like I've seen like, holy shit, like, um, this was like super minor. They, we, we made a video with another organization and inside that video, there was an old cracked up painting in a church of a uh, of a lady with bare breasts you know with those, those really like old paintings and in, in churches right. like of you know the virgin mary or whoever it is right right right, like, right right super cracked up like a thousand years old right and this was like a two two second bit because we were talking about like uh angels in churches and things like that that video was was banned from uh, from ads and the reason they they, they gave us what? was well there's sexuality in their video well, wow! Wow! You know, like, you know what's crazy about that, that? Like sex, and we, you, know, you don't. We figured it must be the AI sees a woman, it looks made naked. Okay, well, let's uh, get a person yeah. to, to look into it, right? No, that person said no, that's no good, and we wow. so we, we removed that two second bit, and then it was fine. You know what's crazy about that? Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Ellen Page, who now goes by the name Elliot Page because she transgendered yeah. into a male. Um, she or he uh, posted pictures of uh, himself now. I'm trying to be, you know, gender proper here uh, or terminology proper or pronoun proper. Uh, and Elliot uh, took photographs of himself topless, right, without a shirt. Uh, now, just a few months ago, that would have been considered, wait a second, pornography when he had breasts. Now he yeah. chopped off the breast, and now a little surgery later, which was very little because, you know, she didn't have big boobs as it was. It was probably like yeah. a 20-minute procedure, a uh, little nip and tuck. And, uh, you know, now all of a sudden, well, yeah, don't worry about it. A chick with, uh, without a shirt on with uh, underarm hair, yeah, that's not a problem. I mean, she's going as a guy. So it's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that switch, uh, I mean, it's ridiculous because it's still biologically a woman. I mean, sorry, transgender folks. Love you. Do whatever you want with life. But let's follow the science, right? Gender and, you know, what you you know are believing in your mind are two different things. Biology is biology. But just a few months ago, that would be considered pornography. Now it's considered okay. They posted it on social media. They posted it on uh, YouTube. It's been posted everywhere. Everybody can see what the nipples look like. Again, a couple of months ago, total pornography. That's a terrible double standard. I mean, I don't know if you agree oh, with any of that. You, you can you can post an image of a 450-pound of man with man boobs, right, on a beach. And that'll be no problem. Post a beautiful woman with a, with a, a too small a bikini, you may get slapped on. Right. right. It, it, it's like, what, like, what, what is the problem? Where, what's the problem? Is, is, is ugliness is prudent? Like, what, what is the real problem here? Right. Uh, is it the fact that it's, it's a woman? Like, women aren't, don't have the same, um, the same rights as men to be bare chested. Is that, are we making that decision that women must 
somehow the women's breast is different than a man's breast. Um, and it, what are we what are we saying? And it, it kind of bothers me that there's, you know, especially it's we dope. talk about yeah. transgender and kind of these yeah. differences. It kind of illustrates the hypocrisy uh, that we have regarding gender uh, and and just and rights. Um, but yeah, again, like I always, I always, always go back on hell um, to to just awareness and and how we we we're seeing each other. How will we see extraterrestrial civilizations? How will we see a, a more advanced AI? How will we behave with all these differences uh, when we have these these crazy ideas, censorship about uh, more controversial or more. Uh, edge subjects from major media, uh, and I, I honestly I, I don't have a huge problem with the censorship in large media because I understand they are running a business and they're allowed to decide what you know what they want to as content on their systems and blah. blah. I, I kind of get that. I, we can always go to uh, other systems that don't do censorship, blah. blah. You know, a free market and all that. But it just shows that we are not that advanced and we have a long way to go <laughs> right yeah um to becoming a, a, an enlightened civilization being able to have controversial discussions or or, or, or having contrarian opinions about different things and still be, respect each other and having different yeah. skin colors i was talking about earlier and just being okay with it <laughs> and that's True. it right yeah, no. It it gets back to uh, my own belief that we need to stop looking at these things as uh, a part of our language and just realize we're all humans, and that's the only race that matters. Uh, listen, uh, we're out of time, and uh, I tell you, uh, the time flies when you have somebody like yourself on the show. Uh, I could go an extra two hours, but I know your time is very pre uh, precious, my friend. And I wanted to uh, also give you uh, the opportunity to. Uh, if you have anything coming up, uh, to go in and talk about it real quick. Uh, if you have a website where people can keep up with your work, because it is very interesting stuff, uh, please let us know uh, real quick so my listeners can, uh, you know, note that down and bookmark it. Absolutely. So um, my current project, where I'm most involved right now, because it's new, is the Alliance for Extraterrestrial Diplomatic Contact. Long word, but the website is Alliance for, like the letter for, et so easy dot uh, org so i would invite everybody listening to uh, check that out and if you want to support that initiative so you know we can you know get into eventually into the right mindset and um you know have an embassy for et and maybe they'll come once we wise up a bit and continue the work in uh in getting wise as a civilization yep. <laughs> because that's that's the main part of the, this whole thing so go check it out, alliance4et.org. Totally, and you're awesome. And uh, I, I tell you, I think they're already here, and they're uh, the fallen angels, and they're robots, man. They're freaking robots with lasers on them, and they were sent here to Cetas in the image of, like, a bunch of uh, people on another planet that are watching Wheel of Fortune 2000 on their uh, big holographic TV, which we're now uh, going to have in the next 20 years here because technology has given us the goodies, my friend. 
mind. Uh, listen, oh, yeah. uh, in, in all seriousness, I, I really want to have you back on soon, so please make time for us again because we could definitely continue into the ET connection on a serious note because there is definitely something there. And right now, we're living through a time where disclosure, I do think, is a lot closer than we think on what is kind of happening and we're uh, kind of like uh, being geared in that direction so uh, we want to definitely bring you back on soon and thank you so much for being here for the uh, last hour and a half we really do appreciate it it was a pleasure thank you very much you're awesome ladies and gentlemen the great sylvain Rochon. That is awesome. And, folks, uh, I'm going to be back on uh, Thursday on possibly a rerun. And I uh, definitely will be back on next Sunday live right here on Inside the Jackal's Head. Uh, coming up next, uh, we have uh, Mitchell Nicholas Gerber on PSN Radio. So stick around for that. And uh, next week, I might have a very special guest who's going to talk about sightings and a possible abduction that happened to him and. uh uh, I don't want to spoil it yet, but it, it should be a very interesting show. So stick around for Mitchell coming up next. And please join me next week at 10 p.m. Eastern right here on PSN Radio. Until next time, everybody, this is Angel Espino, a.k.a. The Jackal. And uh, stay alive, stay safe, stay sound, stay breathing. And by all means, stay kung flu free because, hey... You know, life is a projection. It's a TV show. Might as well enjoy the ride. Till next time. Peace.